Welcome to the Startup Smarter Podcast, the best audio show for people who are ready to turn their big ideas into big income. Each week, we explore effective business strategies, guest interviews, and success stories that will help transform the hard grind of starting a business into a smarter and more scalable experience. Here's your host, Joe Johnson. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode three of the Startup Smarter podcast. And before I get started, I wanted to say thank you. Thank you because, guys, you're awesome. Why are you awesome? Because you guys are subscribing to the show, you're leaving amazing comments, and you're emailing us, and you're joining our Facebook group. You're the best. I can't tell you how exciting it is to have your support. Not only that, since the podcast started, we've been able to help even more people. For instance, we just booked a speaking gig this summer as a result of the content in the podcast that you all have asked me to create. This is a win for all of us because it helps us spread the message of starting a business the smart way and live a life that you love. And it's all thanks to you. So if you want more details around the things that we're up to, or if you want to chat with other awesome entrepreneurs like yourself, I encourage you to join the movement over at facebook.com and typing in the word startup smarter and join the group. Today's show is going to be all about how to ensure your business stands out from the crowd by choosing to go niche. A niche business, by definition, are small but profitable segments of a bigger mass market, and it works by directly identifying pre-existing needs or wants in a marketplace that are not being addressed by your competitors, and it makes money by offering products and services that satisfies those needs or wants. Now, I know that's quite the definition, but don't worry, I'll be giving you some examples of what niches look like using real-world examples. And I felt that the conversation about niches was an important one to have, given that our last episode, we talked about mindset and other strategies to help you get out of your own way and start making some major progress towards your next business idea. So this is where I make my case to convince you to choose to go niche as opposed to trying to take on the world with a product or service that is too broad or undefined. The first point I want to make is that the old saying is true that there are riches in the niches. Niches are fundamentally set up around the core idea that you need to sell what people are already buying. And I'll repeat that again. You need to sell what people are already buying. Niche marketing is all about tapping into the mindset of people who have a problem that they need help with. Preferably, people who have disposable income, people who are raving fans about something and habitually spend money on those things. For instance, golfers habitually spend money on their hobby year after year. People with young children are willing to pay a premium for care and education. Hopefully, this is starting to make some sense. However, a question that I get asked a lot is, how do I know that I've come across something special with the niche I'm thinking of? And my answer to that question is that a great niche needs to be made up of three things, and that's a clear audience, a clear problem, and your audience must already be spending money in that market. That's it. If you can lock in those three things, you're in great shape. For those of you who want to think outside of the box and do something completely brand new that no one's ever heard of, let me share a piece of advice. I'd rather have a small slice of a market that's currently making money as opposed to owning a lion's share of a brand new market that doesn't have any customers. 
and I'll take that deal every day of the week. You want a business that will have a higher chance of making money right out of the gate. And you do that by making sure that you hit all those three points. And to give you some inspiration, I wanted to share three examples of businesses that I personally followed that have implemented this strategy of niching down. And after niching down, they were able to secure firm footholds in the markets that they've entered. Now, real quick, I'm going to break down each of their businesses by category, their audience, and the problem that they solve, okay? So business number one is AppSumo, started by Noah Kagan. The category there is business resources, right? That's the bigger category. The audience that he serves are startups and solopreneurs, people that run businesses by themselves. And the problem that his business solves is that bootstrapping entrepreneurs want great resources and tools, but they don't want to pay full price for them. Now, Noah figured out that when you start a business, you're going to need business tools. There's no way around that. At AppSumo, they were able to use the Groupon methodology. Take a group of people that want premium services or goods and give them great discounts. See, it already existed in the marketplace. He just made a small tweak and offered it to a different group of people that wanted premium goods at discounted prices. For instance, you can get webinar software uh, like Webinar Jam and Webinar Ninja for, let's say, $39 a month or $99 a month. If you get it at AppSumo, you'll pay $49 for life. And that's a huge discount and a huge deal. So he runs deals like that for startups, and it's a great resource to have. Highly recommend it. Now, the next example is ConvertKit that was started by Nathan Barry. The category there are people that want to grow their email list. So pretty much every entrepreneur. Now, the audience were bloggers who wanted to grow their list. And the problem that they had was that traditional platforms like MailChimp, and while MailChimp does a lot of things right, ConvertKit goes the extra mile by allowing bloggers to put in specific opt-ins into their content. So imagine that you're reading a blog and this particular blog article is getting a lot of attention from your readers, a hundred views a day, maybe even a thousand views a day, but no one does anything. No one buys anything. No one opts into your list. ConvertKit solves that problem by putting in opt-ins that says, hey, if you want to get even more value from this article, let's say a small checklist uh, or an overview of the article that you're reading, type in your email and we'll ship it out to you. Now, that's a great exchange in value and it also builds your email list because let's say in the future, they're about to put out a new product around that article. Let's say a $49 or $97 product. You can now target that list of people that are interested in that topic or subject matter and then ship them the offer and say, hey, you're a part of my list. We have a new product coming out. And the people on that list are most likely to purchase that new product. See, that's the value of having an email list. And ConvertKit knows that and offers it as a solution to serious bloggers that want to release products and monetize their blog. All right, so let's say you don't want to start a software business or an email marketing software. Let's use a more traditional example, making cookies. There's a group called After Dark Cookies by a Portland couple, Julia and Richard, and their topic is in the baking and cooking niche. Now, I love these two. 
because they deliver cookies to people in the Portland area. And their category is in baking and cooking, right? And their audience are people willing to purchase warm homemade cookies after hours within their limited delivery zone of Portland, Oregon. And the problem that they solve is that usually people have cravings for warm bakery style cookies after bakeries close. Plus, many bakeries don't deliver. What I love about this idea is that while it's unique to the area, it's not super innovative, meaning that anyone with a passion for cookies can pull this off. Matter of fact, when I was in New York City, there was a very similar concept called Insomnia Cookies, which I believe is a franchise, which again is great news for After Dark Cookies because they were able to look at others in the marketplace and validate that people are in fact spending money on a cookie delivery service. And if you're in the Portland area, I highly recommend it. And if you're in New York City or on the East Coast, hey, get some Insomnia Cookies. I'm a huge cookie lover. So definitely check them both out. I highly recommend it. So now that we broke down the examples, let's talk about the number one reason that I have for a business to niche. And the number one reason that I have is that it allows you to immediately stand out from your competition. After talking to dozens of entrepreneurs in recent years, I've noticed that the ones who struggle are the ones who describe their target market as anyone who needs XYZ services. Anyone? Really? And the problem with saying anyone is that anyone means everyone, and you simply can't serve everyone. And whether you're an attorney, a bookkeeper, a consultant, it doesn't matter the job title, realize that there are hundreds of other people out there that have the same title as you do. Think of it from the customer's perspective. If a person is considering hiring someone in your field, it should be immediately apparent to the prospect when they visit your website or your Facebook page why they should hire you instead of anyone else. That's the power of niching. Imagine if you were an event planner, put in charge of planning an event for Tony Robbins. His events are no joke. On average, his events hold about 2,000 plus people, and each of them purchase tickets between $800 and $3,000. Now, with that kind of responsibility put on your shoulders, which advertising agency would you choose to help you sell every single seat? Would it be agency number one, a general advertising agency? Their slogan is, we help anyone with their ads. Or agency number two, an advertising agency that specializes in live events. They don't take on any other clients except people who do live events. And see, now that you see it from their perspective, you can now understand why it's so important to niche down your business idea as early as possible and gain that competitive advantage. A word of caution, a niche strategy to be wary of is starting a business based on your passion that you might have, because you might be passionate about something that doesn't have enough demand behind it, like underwater basket weaving. It doesn't matter how much you like weaving those baskets, because if there's no market for those products or services, then you're a hobbyist and not a business owner. And that might sound harsh, but that single piece of advice can save you thousands of dollars in the long run. So make sure that there's an audience out there that wants what you have to offer. And once you figure out a way to help people with their problems, then the money will follow. All right, switching gears. You're like, Joe, I get it. I should be thinking about niching down, but what's the fastest way for me to find a good niche? And again, a good niche is something that has three things, a clear audience, a clear problem, 
and your audience must already be spending money. So let's talk about audience first. The quick way that I would do this is I would head over to good old Facebook and type in the name of your business idea in order to see if there's any fan clubs or groups already centered around your idea. So going back to our earlier examples, AppSumo would have typed in things like deals on business software to find their audience. ConvertKit would have typed in something like email marketing for bloggers. And After Dark Cookies would have typed in something like cookie home delivery. Another tactic would be to see if there are any magazines that already exist around your idea. Think of it like this. Companies wouldn't run magazines to audiences that don't exist because it would cost them too much money. So if you can find a magazine around a niche that you want to target, then you're in great shape. Some other places you can look online are places like online forums and blogs to see if your audience exists. The next thing you want to do is to make sure you understand their problem. And this is going to require you to adopt a student's mindset and ask a lot of questions to people within the market that you found. For instance, let's say that you found a group of people that was focused around self-publishing. Your only goal at this point is to figure out what is their biggest problem that they have right now with the process. Feel free to ask people directly that you're chatting with in the group or through a survey or better yet, contact the group owner and ask them what their opinion is on the biggest issue facing the group that they manage. Whatever their response is going to be, it's going to be gold, right? Because they're there every single day talking to these people, working with these people. And if you come in and ask them, hey, I see that you have this group here and I want to add value. What are some things that you've seen that these people struggle with the most? It's as simple as that. And lastly, when you need to figure out if people are already spending money on similar products and services in the marketplace, it's pretty easy to find out. One of the places that I look first is Amazon.com. And what I'm looking for is to see if there's any listings similar to what I'm thinking of selling. Not identical, but similar. And if there are, you want to see how many reviews are on that listing. Generally, a higher number of reviews means that there's significant sales volume or demand in that marketplace. And that will tell you, yes, people are currently spending money on this idea. And that's what you need to get the green light to move forward with your idea. All right, to recap, niching down your business idea allows you to stand out from the competition, tap into a market that's already spending money, and to stop spinning your wheels and make more money for your business. Stop making things so hard. Focus on niching your business idea. Get really specific about who you serve and the money will flow. And the best part about niching down is that the solution to a problem oftentimes isn't complicated. It's really simple. It could be as simple as owning the latest Star Wars collectible and selling them to hardcore fans of the franchise. Again, it doesn't need to be super complicated. It's all about meeting the demands and expectations of the target market. Your niche could be offering something like specialized SEO services for people who install solar panels. It could be renting bouncy houses to parents for their kids' birthday parties. You could teach people how to start their own mobile dog grooming business. There's literally an infinite amount of possibilities here. You just need to make sure that you position your brand the right way to the right customer and you'll undoubtedly see more results. All right, and that's our time. And before I close out this session, I wanted to mention that we're hosting a contest for all of our listeners and you can get the details over at startupsmarter.net 
forward slash contest to learn how you can win that bundle of goodies. All right, my friends, that wraps up this episode of the Startup Smarter Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Joe Johnson signing off, and I'll see you on the next episode.